Great to have you on this Easter Sunday. Uh, it was lovely to hear John's story. John shared uh, his story with me a couple of weeks ago over a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. And I thought it was great for him to come and share that today as we think about what it is uh, to be in a life that I need to go down a little bit, Adam. Just take me down a little bit. Just up a little bit. About there. Um, great to hear about life, isn't it? Great to hear what great life Jesus brings for us. Uh, because when we think about life, uh, we think about lots of things, don't we? Things that happen in our life, things that are going on in our life. And life is pretty much what we're all on about. That's what we do. We live. We have a life and we think about what does that life entail? What do we do in that life? How does that life come to be? How does that life process? What are the things in life that make life important? Uh, and one of the things I've found as the older I get, as I'm heading close towards 50, uh, that life goes past very quickly, doesn't it? Uh, sometimes I think when you're young, life seems like it just takes forever. The next birthday, it's so far away. Then when I can get my licence, when I can go out and drink, when I can leave home, it just seems so long, doesn't it? And then at some point in time, I don't know where it is, what age it is, suddenly it goes, shunk! And everything's just so quick. You blink and it goes past. Just last week, Hamish turned 21. And when he turned 21, Karina decided to put up all these photos of Hamish when he was about Darcy's age. <laughs> just at the right time, Darcy. You turned up, didn't you? Just at Darcy's age. And I'm looking at those photos of Hamish and then thinking he's 21. I think, bang, it's gone, isn't it? Someone once told me that the older you get, the quicker life passed by, it goes like you're driving down the road and as you hit all those light posts, it just goes, chung, 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 just goes and gone. Well, that's not new to us. That's something that's been part of this world from the very beginning. Life. Sometimes it seems to drag out when you're younger, it goes quick when you get older. And when you get older, you start to think about how can I extend life? How can I make life go longer? There's been lots of theories, hasn't there, about how to make our life stretch longer. They tell me that Cleopatra used to soak in goat's milk every night to look younger. Man, she must have had a lot of goats, mustn't she, to be able to fill up a bath to do that. But we do that, don't we? You have this sense of the fact that we want to live forever, we want to live longer. And I actually think that's something that God has placed in us. In Ecclesiastes 3 it says this, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also said eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has placed in us this great sense of wanting to live longer or wanting to live forever. And we've gone about all sorts of things to try and make that happen. Uh, Cleopatra did that with goat's milk. People today are continuing to do that. Because, you see, there's one big thing that hits us at the end, isn't it? We want to live longer, we want to live a bit, then bang, death interrupts it. And no one can escape it. We try to interrupt it, we try to change it, but death hits every one of us. Just recently I read an article in Time magazine called Death Interrupted. Uh, what this article is, it's a, a great article and this article is talking about how today in Silicon Valley uh, the place where people are spending most of their money is on longevity of life, of trying to extend our life. 
Uh, people are spending millions upon millions of dollars. There's a guy who set up Oracle. Uh, he spent $330 million invested into this whole area of extending life. Uh, other people have put millions into other things and they call it biohacking. Uh, they're spending money upon money, millions upon millions to try and find out how to make our life go longer. Uh, some of the things they're trying to do uh, are young blood transfusions. For $8,000 a pop, you can get two litres of an 18-year-old's blood pumped into you. Now, if you're 18, that's not going to make any difference. But when you're in 70 or 80, they're saying that the properties that an 18-year-old has in their blood has certain aspects in it that a 70 and 80-year-old doesn't have anymore and they need. And so they say if you can transfer the blood over a number of times, you'll start to look like an 18-year-old. Well, act like an 18-year-old. Well, maybe you don't want to do any of those, but uh, you'll start to be younger. And so that's one of the things they're trying to do. The other thing they're trying to do is they data mine your DNA. So for $25,000, you can have a complete body scan of every aspect of you, a genome sequencing of who you are, and within that, they'll go through and they'll work out the sections of your genes of how they can try and make you live longer. But they've got more things than that too. They've got other things such as, uh, they've got things such as uh, pills, they've got diets, uh, Karina Ryan on the 5-2 diet, I found out in that that that's one of the things that can make you live longer. It makes you feel better and grow older, grow better. And all these things they're putting together, aren't they, to try and make us live longer. But you see, there's one problem with all of that that everyone has tried, is they've actually missed the one key ingredient that will make you live longer. You see, death has actually been defeated and we actually can live longer. Now let me read to you a part of the Bible and let me see whether you can pick up what that key ingredient is and what the one that everyone else has missed. This comes from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through to 17. Uh, it misses verse 13, but there's a good reason for that. But uh, let's read it there. Have a look at it on the screen. It goes from verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and this way death came to all because all sinned. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of one man, Jesus Christ, aflow, overflow for many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses but brought justification. For by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who have received God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Did you see it? Did you see the one key thing that everyone in Silicon Valley has missed, that Cleopatra missed, that often we miss? And the answer is sin, isn't it? Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, therefore death entered the world. 
And that wasn't just Adam's fault or Eve's fault. It's all of us, isn't it? Because all have sinned. That's our big problem. That's the world's problem. That's yours and my problem. That's why John was saying he was feeling guilty. You see, sin is anything that we do that is against what God would want us to do. It's any action, thought or deed that is against what he would like us to do. And it's all ground into the one big thing that all of us do is we all think that we're king, that we're God. When we think that we can run the world our way and our lives our way, that then works out in the actions of sin. You see, that's what Satan did to Adam and Eve. They said, no, 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 don't trust God. He doesn't know what's best. You can know what's best. And that has infiltrated the whole of the universe. You and me included. And sin equals death. You want to put it in an equation form for those of you who are mathematics, uh, those people who like to think along those lines, life plus sin equals death. And that hits all of us. We're all in that equation of and by ourselves. None of us can break that equation by ourselves. We're stuck in that equation by ourselves. But you see, the good news of Easter is that someone has broken that equation. Someone has stepped in and changed that equation and removed that one thing called sin. Uh, who's seen that ad called the F-Post ad? I am king. My destiny is in my hands. I can control everything that comes my way because I am king. It's a good idea when you're talking about F-Post, I think, because they're talking about saving money looking after it and controlling it. But that attitude flows through all of us, doesn't it? I am king. I control my destiny. I control everything that I do. And the problem is that you might think you're king, but you're a broken king. We're not a perfect king. Just look at our lives. Look at our relationships. Look at the way we treat each other at different times. We're broken people, aren't we? Man, if I was king of everything and it was all determined upon me, it would be disastrous. And when we think we're king, then sin enters and death reigns. For by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. But the great news is that's not the end of the story, isn't it? That's not the equation that has to be for us till the end. The great news is the equation has been changed and God has stepped into that and Jesus has come in and Jesus now reigns and Jesus has taken away that sin. You see, on Good Friday, that's what we remember, wasn't it? That Jesus was nailed to that cross because of our sin, not because of his, not because of anything that he did, but all because of us, because he loved us. You see, life plus Jesus equals life now and forever. That's the new equation that the resurrection guarantees for you and I. You see, Jesus defeats sin. Sin looks like it's won on the cross, doesn't it? Jesus dies. The disciples go away sad, don't they? They think it's all over. 
And then when the tomb is open, when we see Peter and John at the beginning of today, joy overflows because that sin has been defeated, death has been defeated and now life can reign because Jesus reigns. Because his life can now become our life. That is wonderful news, guys. Your equation can change from the first one to this one. If you put your trust in Jesus, if you have him as your king, because his life is the greatest life of all. There's no greater life than Jesus. And if we trust in Jesus, then his life becomes our life. You see, death has been defeated. Life now reigns in Jesus. And that's got to be the best news we can ever hear. We don't have to go soaking ourselves in goat's milk anymore. We don't have to particularly go and data mine our genome. We don't have to go and be on all these different diets. They can be good. You don't have to go and work out all those other things that they're talking about. Take the pills. Have the blood transfusions. To live forever, to live life now and eternally, all we need is Jesus. Look what it says. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, that is Jesus, and of the gift of righteousness, that is Jesus, reign in this life, through one man, Jesus Christ. That is wonderful news. That can be yours. There is no greater life than Jesus. There's no greater... Look at all those mums, quickly, jump up. <laughs> There's no greater life, is there, than Jesus. Let me read to you two little passages for you. John 10, 10. The, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that may may have life and have it to the full. This is Jesus speaking to us. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. You see, the answer to life is Jesus. The answer to life now and the answer to life eternally is Jesus. It's all wrapped up in him. He steps into the world and shows us what a perfect life is like. He goes to the cross when he doesn't deserve to for all our brokenness and then he raises from the dead so that he can defeat death and show us what life is like for eternity in him and then he gives it to us if we put our trust in him. He offers it to you today. He offers it to you this morning. John's testimony was great, wasn't it? The love of Jesus just flooded into his life when he accepted the fact that Jesus was his life. It's all there in him. Jesus is the one that brings us life. There is no greater life than Jesus' life. There's no greater life to live than a life lived for Jesus. Because when we live for Jesus, then we live a life that is loving God and loving others. That's the life that he gives us. That's the life that we can live in him. Those of you that are social media savvy, I reckon you should be posting this today. Hashtag Jesus is life. 
Post it all over Facebook. Put it all over your social media. Put it on your Snapchat. Put it on your Twitter. Stick it up all over Facebook because that is the truth of today. That is the joy of today. That is what we celebrate today. And this can be yours today. Jesus brings life. Uh, I was talking to some friends of mine the other day, the Kavanaugh's, Alan Ronda, some of you might know. And Alan Ronda uh, went down to the floods on Friday night down in Lismore. And uh, th- this is the photo that they took. I'm going to show you a couple of photos that they took. This is a photo that's standing up behind the square, for those of you who know where Lismore is, and looking down, I think it's uh, Woodlark Street, and it runs right through the other side. And they were standing there, and they were seeing this thing moving across the water towards them. Uh, see if you can pick it up. There, can you see it there? There's something there you can see. Let's see what you, whether you can pick up. Here's one slightly closer. Uh, person can give you, anyone can get, uh, if I had an Easter egg with me, I'd give you one if you can pick what it is. I'll get you one later if you can pick what it is. Well, getting very close, Faith, but I want to know exactly what type of blow-up thing it is. Can you see this? What it is, is a inflatable flamingo. How good are they? This bloke has gone from the other side of Lismore and he's made his way all the way across the square kicking his inflatable flamingo. All the way across. And my friends could not believe it. I thought, man, that guy has put his trust in that flamingo <laughs> to get all the way across from Lismore. And you know what's in that water at Lismore? Oh, sewerage, garbage, all sorts of stuff. And he's put his whole trust in a blow-up flamingo. I thought, man, what an idiot. And he made it, thankfully. But imagine if he had to just come across a car or a bit of pipe or a bit of, you know, the sharp something popped it gone destroyed finished sunk in the middle of Lismore holding on to his pink flamingo <laughs> as I thought about that I thought oh, sometimes I think we're doing that in life aren't we I think we're holding on to the pink flamingo I think we put our trust in things that ultimately will sink We've put our trust in wealth. We've put our trust in prestige. We've put our trust in just trying to be good. And all those things, when they come to the test, will get popped and they'll sink. You see, there is only one tried, tested, guaranteed, one saviour, and that is Jesus. He's the only thing that's going to keep you up in this life and he's the only thing that's going to take you into the next for eternity. You see, Jesus is it. There is no greater life than Jesus and there's no greater life than when we put our trust in him and live for him. That is the life that is for us. When we decide to put ourselves to the side and say, you are king because you're the one that's done it all and trust him, then we have life. Life forever. Life now, life for eternity. And all we need to do is put Jesus as king. Put our trust in him and not the pink flamingos that we've been putting in forever. 
finish off with this morning, I'm going to just play you a clip. The boys will see you down the front. And it's pretty, hopefully it'll resonate with you. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of truth. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. That's my king. Is he yours?